Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Suited for Good podcast. Uh, today, I've got an, another amazing guest, uh, Matthew Sims. His story is awesome. One of the big takeaways for me from this interview was uh, when he said that, you know, your I asked him for like a piece of feedback or a takeaway, and he just said, you know, you might think that your decisions affect only you. He said it doesn't matter what decisions you make. He said there's a ripple effect, positive or, or negative, and at every age. And that, that really hit me, uh, especially when I'm thinking about raising my kids and, and uh, a lot of the decisions from a very early age for Matthew set him on a, a path that was really difficult, and he's had to overcome a lot. And I just love that, that visualization that he gave me of this ripple effect of our actions and, and the fallacy of thinking that our actions only affect us. Um, but, you know, he'll say it better than I did. And I think you're going to love this interview. Uh, just another inspiring story of overcoming uh, lots of difficulty. And, well, without further ado, here you go. Here's Matthew Sims. All right, Matthew, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's start off from the start. Where were you? Uh, where were you born? I was born in Ogden, Utah. All right. So born and raised in Ogden, Utah. This is the first time that I've lived really outside of uh, outside of Ogden. I was in the military briefly. Uh-huh. You know, we'll get to that. But uh, that was the only time I've really lived outside of Ogden. You know, okay. except for the past decade now. So you look like you're about my age. When when were you born? Eighty four. 84, so okay. November of 84, so yeah. okay. whatever that makes me, I think, <laughs> yeah. 38. Okay, yeah, so I'm just I'm just over 40. I like to think I'm just over 40. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, eking closer to the mid-40s, which is kind of sad. I but. like to tell people that I'm about 28 years old with about 10 years experience. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, and uh, for those who can't see, you've got one hell of a beard. Thank you. Your beard is Thank money. Thank you. Comes with the motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. And for those who can't see, I have one weak beard that's, you and I have probably been growing this, the beard the same amount of time, and yours is like six inches and mine's, uh, yeah, not even a centimeter. So anyway, I digress. But, okay, so born, raised in Ogden. What was family life like for you? I had a really good family. My parents are still married to this day. You know, uh, there's a lot of people with a story like mine that have broken homes and, you know, really bad childhoods. And I don't have that excuse. You know, I had really good parents. Yeah. Uh, they tried to teach me right from wrong. And, uh, yeah, just good people. Just good people. Just good people. You know, they have their faults, but doesn't everybody, yeah. you know, but they tried to teach me right from wrong, yeah. you know, always food on the table, always, you know, family time, vacations, yeah. you know, all that stuff. I didn't, I, I had yeah. no excuse to kind of, you know, head down the path that I, that I did. So, so good parents, good parents. um, happy childhood. Yep. Just yep. siblings. Yep. I have an older sister. Uh-huh. She's three years older and a younger brother that's three years younger. So. Okay. You're right in the middle. Yep. Right in the middle. So I'm also a middle child. Do you find... So the favorites. We're the favorites. <laughs> oh, for sure. No doubt. <laughs> oh, don't don't let my sister... Yeah. They <laughs> all... Yeah. No doubt. They, they just understand. It. They just, just understand. Yeah. Yes. That's okay, right? Yes. I mean, we were in the middle, so we were trying to always make everybody happy. So no wonder why we're the favorites, right? Was yeah. that was that a role you played? That's like, exactly what happened. Just peacemaker, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So born and raised, uh, high school experience. What was that like? Uh, I did good in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess good being I passed. I graduated on time. Uh, favorite class was automotive and woodworking. You know, I'm better with the, my oh, cool. hands than any of the English and the yeah. and the math and all of those things. Uh-huh. Did okay in those things, but it just didn't grab my attention. But you're mechanical. Yeah, you very like put, mechanical. You like to, from a young age, like to take things apart and put yep, it back together absolutely. again? That Started kind of guy? Started with Legos, you know. That's so, cool. Yeah, very, very mechanical, and that's kind of carried on to even today, hmm. you know, fixing my own cars. We own a motorcycle hmm. business, my wife and I. Oh, cool. uh, Doing repair and service and things. That's kind of in addition to the academy piece, and uh, so stayed mechanical. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I couldn't, yeah, I'm... I'm the least mechanical person you you'll know. I mean, I'll try to fix something with duct tape, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, well, and some fixes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So high school sounds like a good experience. Um, then what happened after high school? Uh, so I'm gonna I'll backtrack just a little yeah, bit. So sure, I actually too. started getting into trouble at like age 13. Oh, okay. I got my first felony charges at the age of 13. 13. Yeah. So I, what 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 led you to that? 
I think what just happened? being a curious boy, uh-huh. you know, I think well, you're all mechanical. guys are, you take things yeah, apart, put exactly. them back together again. Yeah, exactly. So I had, uh, I think I was just very curious, liked adrenaline, liked excitement, you know, and I think that kind of directed me towards other people like that. And it yeah. just led me down a path of, you know, committing crime and doing drugs. And, Interesting. you know, the, the curiosity was uh, the, the smoking marijuana and drinking and, you know, things like that at a very early age, probably 12, first felony oh. charge, 13 well, so years what, old. So your first interaction with drugs was at 12? Yeah. And how that how does how does that happen at 12? You know what? You know? It, it's funny cuz I'll bet you at age 11 I was against it. You know, I I remember specifically this story about my my, my buddy was smoking marijuana and at it 11. scared me. At 11. At 11. He was oh smoking weed. Gosh. He's in my class. He's my best friend. He's smoking marijuana and uh, I go home and I tell my mom like I'm upset about it. Like, I yeah. can't believe this is happening. You know, and then by age 12, I'm just, you know, I jump, I jump all the way in. Yeah. So what was, why? Why did you start? You like, why, why Why did it change for you to, to, to try it? I mean, at 11, I mean, that's, I've gotten, I've got an 11 year old. You know what I mean? And it's so it's like, about. it's scary to think about, but it's also like, where, anyway, yeah. Tell me more about I, like I think what, a, big, a big thing is crowds. You know, who uh-huh. you're kind of associating with. Yeah. I think that the excitement and the adrenaline and the maybe not necessarily a medicated type ADD, but something that, you know, doesn't mm. – you, you have a hard time kind of staying. Focusing. Well, yeah. yeah, unless you're really interested in it. So I think maybe just mm. kind of, you know, uh, navigating that whole thing just led me towards that, you know, missing school, you know, trying dad's beer, you know, trying – you know, something like that is what mm. I, I – is my first memories of it, yeah. you know? And then, so that's now the people that I associate with are the people that are all kind of in that same stage of life. They're all curious. They're all, mm. you know, wanting to miss school cause they're not interested in it. You know, there's beer in the fridge and it's available. What does that do? You know, just something like that. So, huh. uh, yeah, I think that's kind of how it started. So at 12, so by 12, by 12, you're, you're, this is kind of a, a lifestyle that you're acquiring getting into junior high and then, uh, so, but you, you said you still graduated high school and... Still graduated, so, yeah. But I, at 13, you said you got your first felony. Yes, at robbery. 13. I got a robbery charge with one other friend, and I had my little brother, who was, what, 10 at the time, oh as gosh. a lookout. And uh, we committed a robbery at a snowmobile shop wow. at age 13. Like you busted the window to yep. go in and right take some door. stuff? and yep. Wow. Uh, yeah, very, very Was that scary. to supply, to have some money to buy... Nope. The, the weed? Nope. No, I mean, I'm, yes, some of it went to that, but that yeah. wasn't the specific reason. It uh-huh. was just to kind of have money, and it was just to kind of do uh, – I think that the whole thing kind of just presented itself, and it's just like, hey, we could do this, kind of an inside source with it, you know, like, hey, we know that this kind of thing's available, and we just went and did mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because you, know, you thought was, you could you could get away with it. Absolutely then, thought yeah. we could get away with it. We knew yeah. that it was a score, and it was just kind of, you know – like I said, that mm. curiosity kind of took over, and and you know we did it, and I drugged my little brother into it, and he didn't even benefit from any of it, Man. you know, because he's only the ten year old little yeah. brother. You're not going to get any of the money, no. No, <laughs> but he got a felony charge as well, and he is at never 10. at ten. At ten years old. He's ten. I'm thirteen. We oh both get felony gosh. charges. Luckily, you know, he has never gotten in trouble again. Yeah. So that I think that's kind of just disappeared in his sure. case, but. Uh, yeah, got that. And that wasn't the end of my juvenile trouble either. Yeah. You know, it just, that's kind of where it started, at least with the law. Yeah. And then, you know, from there into high school, you know, I think I've got a couple of possession charges. Uh, marijuana, I don't think I got any other possession charges, even though there was still, you know, uh, the curiosity, they were still dabbling in some of those sure. other things. So, yeah. Especially when you uh, start at 12, I mean, yeah. you know. And it just takes off from there. Sure. You know. That makes sense. Uh, so I ended up, I, I did a little bit of juvie time, you know, mm-hmm. for the robbery charge because yeah. I was in school, because it was brand new, uh, n- new charges for me Then they only made me do on the weekends. Yeah. You know, the judge wanted me to stay in school and, you know, try to keep me on track. So I did a, a few weekends. I've got some possession charges and, you know, some more weekends, some more jail time. Uh, and then I kind of hit it better in high school. Didn't get caught by law enforcement. Nothing changed. But I just didn't. Just get got better. Into, I just didn't get into more trouble hmm. until you know later on. So, which amazes me. I mean, having that kind of lifestyle, and then still being able to do the school thing and still be able to graduate. And I mean, that's you're carrying two different loads there. That's that's not easy. No. I mean, you you're probably learning how to manage two different personas. Two people. 
huh. very very duplicitous. Huh. But I think that the one side of the you know the trickery and the manipulation when it comes to uh, school and things like that, I was liked by the teachers, yeah. even though I was kind of the class clown, mm. you know, and probably a nuisance in class. Uh, I had, a, I guess, a certain charm, you know. And you do, I, and I got, <laughs> you do, you do have a. I got along very, yeah. with the teachers, and yeah. I got along with the principal. So yeah. if I got into trouble, you know, it was just like, Matt, really again, yeah. you know. And yeah. but and they you're liked like, but me. come on, principal, yeah, you really want to, pretty you, yeah, yeah, you really want to <laughs> look at this face. Yeah, I mean, you really want to, exactly. Wanna, yeah, really I had the beard then too. So no, I'm. Kidding. <laughs> uh, it, but so, so anyway, think, you learned how to navigate and to be able to get what you want. Even with people yes. that, and that, that should be holding you accountable, you're able to kind of manipulate the situation. That's the worst of it. You know, yeah. I got better at it. You got and better at got, it. Yeah. You know, and then I could almost manipulate anybody that wasn't necessarily living the way that I was living. Parents, grandparents, yeah. really anybody. Yeah. So your parents didn't know what was going on. I mean, obviously knew because you got the 13 at 13. Yep. But through high school where you kind of kept under the radar, they, did they know that this was still going on, that you were living no. this other life of kind of crime and drugs well and i i, I mean i'm assuming crime was part of that but maybe not i maybe can't just imagine drugs. that they didn't think something was up did uh-huh. they know how to help did they know the right yeah. questions to ask did they know what to do yeah. no i don't think yeah. so and i don't think a lot of family members nope. know what to do no so they had to have known something because it yeah. had progressively gotten worse to where you know i it's like i'm a full-blown drug dealer in high school yeah. you know what i mean and we're not talking marijuana anymore. Yeah. Now it's getting into speed and, you know, things like that. And so people know something's up, but they don't know the right questions to ask. They don't know how to help me. So uh, I guess I just kind of stayed on a course at least to, to graduate. That was something that my dad always said. You have to graduate from high school. You know, well, you're not going to be a dropout. You yeah. Do whatever after, you know. But so you're like, okay, I'll graduate, but I'll also run a business on the side. So you started dealing. Yep. I had to, to support my habit at that time. By the time habit. we're talking, you know, sophomore, junior, senior, uh-huh. full-blown addict. Okay. Full-blown addict. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then you've, you've got to start selling to be able to afford Absolutely. The addiction. Absolutely. Because you can't, I mean, you can work some part-time jobs. Sure. With them, but you don't have any time for that. You know, you, yeah. you have school, you yeah. have homework, you have different things you've got to do. Uh yeah, and it just, there was just no way. It's so much like I hear stories like this, not minimizing your particular story, but you hear things like this and you're like, you know, that takes so much capacity as a young person, as a teenager, to be able to manage that. You know what I mean? To yeah. be able to manage. I mean, that's that's a full-time job handling customers. <laughs> I mean, they're your customers, right? You're, yeah. You're handling customers. You're collecting money. You're, you know, you've you've basically got a balance sheet of, this is what I owe and this, you know what I mean? And you're, you're managing school. I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of potential Yeah, that's being yeah, maybe absolutely. in the wrong direction. Absolutely. And I, we find that with our population that there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of hmm. skill. There's a lot of, you yeah. know, and if you harness it in the right way, exactly. Yeah. You just put the white hat on instead of the black hat and send them in the right direction. And holy cow, there's, it's like unstoppable. Interesting. Wow. That's interesting. Okay, so uh, all right, so you graduate high school. Graduate high school, and then in, what happens? In order to, I guess, get out of this lifestyle, I think I, 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 it's overwhelming. I think I'm in over my head. I don't know if I'm liking it, uh-huh. uh, but I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, you know, now I'm an addict already. Yeah. So I decided to join the military. I'm going to join the Navy. Interesting. You know? As a way out of this life. I think so. You know. Wow. I, so I figure if I join the military, I mean. It makes sense mathematically. You know, sure. you're going to join the military. You're going to leave what you know. You're going to be out on a ship. It's gonna, it's gonna work. And so I go and I, I actually went with a friend. That's how the whole thing came up. You know, let's join the military. So I joined the Navy, and the only thing that changes in me is now I'm a drug addict in uniform. I still, I'm able to find the same things, do the same things, but now I'm an adult. I have less restrictions. You know, I'm all the way in. Uh, California at the time, uh, like the Navy, were you on like a aircraft carrier? I, like I actually was on, an and aircraft you were able carrier. to get yep. the supply yep. on a really yeah. on a naval aircraft Not carrier on the aircraft carrier, but in California. And so you know what? Would if you bring it on to the ship? Absolutely. Would you still sell to other officers? No, it wasn't to that extent. Okay. It was more of a weekend warrior kind of thing. Okay, uh, there was still a really heavy responsibility in the Navy. Sure. So it was mostly drinking on the ship, but you're not supposed to have alcohol on the ship either. So I'm still doing yeah. those same things, the same behaviors, but I'm not, you know, uh, 
the drugs and things like that was mostly weekends. Interesting. Uh, but I'm stationed in San Diego, which okay. is dangerously close to Tijuana. Yeah. And as an adult, you've got your military ID. You can get into any country that you want on the fast track. You know, you don't have to stand in lines. You don't have to do anything. Oh. You're military. So now I'm going down into Tijuana where it's a free-for-all. That is an absolute mess down there when it comes to, huh. you know, a, a young drug addict that's looking for trouble. You can I find it. it. I found you it. You find it easily. Absolutely. So you're stationed in San Diego. You're going to Tijuana whenever you're off the, the ship or whatever. Yep. And finding more. You're using it down in Tijuana and then coming back and then getting back on the, the – and this how long does this go on? Well, it lasts for, uh, let's say, a year. You uh-huh. know, I was in the military for almost two years. Uh and, you know, just like anything else, you know, it progressively gets worse. Now I'm going down to Tijuana, and I need something to get me by for the whole week. So I've got to bring stuff back. Hmm. And I've got to bring stuff back for me and my friends and whoever else. You know, now I'm starting to build that business back up, right? Wow. Uh, but well, now you're bringing it across the now, U.S. border. Exactly. With intent to distribute. distribute. And that's what ends up happening is uh. so the military watches us young you know, military cadets really close coming across the border because legally you can drink in Tijuana, but you're still under the age. So they try to catch those guys coming across in the partiers and, and people like me. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. This time I had a whole satchel full oh. of everything I found in Tijuana. So that... Oh. Uh, so uh, dishonorable discharge or uh, what? It, well, what was... yes, more or less. It was an other than honorable administrative, which means I'm actually able to come back, which they have a zero tolerance. I had done pretty well in the Navy, that duplicitous, you know, I'm able to kind of advance and do good on this side, but do so bad on this side. Interesting. And uh, so in the military, there's not court. There's not, you know, it doesn't work like that. You go see your commanding officer. That commanding officer is your judge, jury, executioner. So from getting Mm -hmm. busted to going to prison was like two days. Like, it was instantaneous. Wow. Yeah, that quick. Oh, so they find this in your bag, and you're off to prison. Yeah. See you later. Wow. It's called the Brig, you know, but wow. it was a federal prison. So it's a military prison. Yeah. Wow. Designed for, you know, military. But it's people that are also out of the military, too, because you've now been kicked out. And as soon as your sentence is done, you're going back home. So they're not really in the military, but it's all ex-military. Yeah. So, and that was in uh, California as well. And Wow. How, how long was your sentence? It was only eight months. So eight months. But you uh, say only. That's it, a lot. It is. It is a lot. But I, I, considering the charges, you know, I think that huh. it uh, it could have been worse. Uh, it Got was it. supposed to be two years hmm. uh, was the minimum. Uh, in the military, the way but that it But you're so damn charming. <laughs> they give you eight months. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something like that, though, yeah, right? I, I mean, you, you know how to work the system. Right. Well, and I, like I said, I had done so well in the uh-huh. military, like advanced, yeah. and I just kind of had that uh, – I did really good, mm-hmm. but did really bad, too, and did really good at being bad, I guess. Yeah. So I just kind of went to the max with everything. and hmm. uh, But I had done so well in the military that I was able to uh, – that that reduced the sentence, but I was also able to come back if I wanted to, but I never made it back. I had to leave with sentence, with being gone for more than two years, then I could re-enlist, but I huh. never did. You okay. know, I ended up coming back home. And uh, was that a goal of yours? Did Did you think when you when when this all happened, did you think you know what I'm going to get back on this? I'm gonna, I'm going to come back in two years, or were you like it's I, time for something? I new think for me. upon release, that was the immediate thinking, uh-huh. but that fell apart quick. You know, you get home mm-hmm. and you. You're back with your old associates, your, mm. you know, girlfriends, and, you know, you just kind of get acclimated real quick. And I, yeah. it's exactly what I did and came back, forgot about the military. Sure. So it's on to this next phase. Next phase. What's the next phase? Uh, next phase is I come home. I've got a job waiting for me. My dad owns a business uh-huh. uh, in the construction field. So okay. uh, that's a good thing, but it could also be a bad thing for somebody sure. like me, you know, because dad's always going to. And have that yeah. job available, sure. you know, because he thinks that's what's best. But just giving yeah. me things isn't what what's best. Sure. So, sure. Uh, anyway, I've got a job. I come back. Uh, I meet back up with a girl from high school. She's not a part of that life. So I get I end up getting married. You know, okay. by the time I'm 21, I think I got married a few days before I turned 21. So, but she was clean. She was living a clean life. Always. Yeah, she yeah. always was. She was actually like the valedictorian in school, and I was this guy, you know. And th- maybe that was the the opposites attract thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you got married. Got married. Okay. Still living a duplicitous life, you know. Does she know about what's going on with you and all this time? 
Does she know about the eight months and you know what I mean? Does she yep. know about these things? Nope. She doesn't know about okay. any of these things. And really my family doesn't know about these things. They do know about the prison time, but what they don't know about is how I got there. They know that there's a zero tolerance for drugs. And I tell them that I somehow drank this drink that had this drug in it and just pissed dirty. Wow. How much of that story they sure. bought, who knows? But it was enough, sure. you know, to where they didn't bother me about it anymore. Sure. So they're just so that like, eight month prison sentence. They're probably thinking, man, they're they're harsh. too tough on my son. <laughs> yeah, they're harsh. Their I mean, poor, a, poor yeah. kid. You know, yeah. now now they're yeah. still willing to help me. Now I've got a place to live. Now I've got a job. Yeah. Now I've got you know because it's not even my fault, right? Sure. Uh, okay. So so that's how that happened. And married that's, this girl. It, she doesn't know all this stuff. She has no idea. So yep. I can I can see the writing on the wall with this one. Yep. And it yeah. doesn't. It, it naturally it doesn't last. Sure. You know, it, I think it lasted four years. Wow. But it was it was hell. It was, you know? it was probably a lot of work keeping the two the, this, these two lives separate again. Yep. And it uh, probably should have ended a lot earlier. I don't yeah. think that I was uh, in a position to get married. I don't think that I was in love. I just figured yeah. that was the next step. You know, yeah. and when I'm trying to kind of draw a life for myself rather than live a life, you know. Uh, then I just do what's next robotically, I guess, or, yeah. you know, because I'm really living this life over here, mm -hmm. but I've got to maintain. So, sure. uh, yeah, that marriage doesn't last. Mm -hmm. uh, after that. Did you guys have kids or was it just nope, a, no it was, kids? It was just divorce, clean yep. separation, yep. time to go our different ways. Okay. Yep. And that was the kind of the end of that. Okay. And so you're 25 ish. Yep. Okay. Move into the next relationship, which is not a good relationship. Okay. And, um, now things are starting to build up again, kind of like they did in the military. You know, I just had, it kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Uh, so now it's using all the time. You know, I think I'm in and this, that. And this woman you're with is using as well? Absolutely. So you guys you guys are helping each other. You're enabling yep. each other. Okay. Yep. And things just, it's, we're absolutely toxic for each other. You know, mm. and that's really the only thing that we have in common is drugs. You mm. know, it's not like we even like each other, but we're doing the same stupid stuff. Yeah. So that now calculates in my mind is love. I love this person. She loves me. We're road dogs, whatever it looks like. And uh, that just progressively gets worse. Now, during this relationship is when I started to get in trouble with the law again as an adult civilian. Okay. So I don't get arrested between getting out of the military all the way up until age like 26 or 27. So you went four or five years yep. under the radar, kind of like high school. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Still doing the same thing. Just under the radar. Yep. Okay. Yep. Still doing the exact same things, just not yep. getting in trouble. So you're dealing at the time, just yep. not, you're not getting in trouble. Okay. Yep. And it progressively gets to different levels, you know, yeah. and as it gets more and more, it attracts more attention. Yeah. And now, you know, now I'm getting into trouble. Uh, 26, 27 years old, you know, mm. is the first time the, the police come and kick my door in. Wow. And, you know, because they're on to me. They oh already know gosh. what's going on. And I'm not, you know, this big Al Capone guy, but I'm trouble, you know. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they kick in my door, and there's possession, there's distribution, there's, you know, all of these charges. And this is my first time kind of getting in, in trouble, you know, as an adult. Wow. What is what is that like, having your door kicked down and and having officers rush your – this is your intimate space – it's what terrifying. is that like? I it, mean, I can't imagine how terrifying that is. It's it's terrifying, but at the same time, you almost like it's expected, hmm. you know. And that's yeah. where where your mind's kind of at. It's like and it's, it's either them hmm. or it's hmm. somebody else that's doing the same thing, trying to you know uh, get what you've got. You've just built up all these enemies. You just it's an uh, absolutely man. horrible life to live. Jeez, scary. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, and then I guess you know after they uh, arrest me. And I'm in the back of the cop car. There's a sense of relief, you know, like mm. ah, I don't have to live like this. Man. You know, it's like your, some of that was been lifted off. Too? Did you both get no, arrested? No, she wasn't there. She wasn't there. Nope. So just you. Yep. You just, just got. Yep. And I, then you're in the back of the police car, and you're saying you're feeling relief. relief. Feeling really? relief. Feeling relief, but scared too because I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, I these are some pretty heavy charges. I think there was twenty something felonies. Oh. Uh, so it was. It was a lot of trouble. It wasn't just a simple <laughs> kind wow. of arrest, you know. Does does the relief come from? Well, maybe you can just tell me what what does what do you think that relief comes from? Uh, I don't necessarily know that that's the life that I really wanted. I think that's the kind of life that I had built. 
Hmm. But I don't know if that's – it's not who I am huh. or who I wanted to, you know. Hmm. Uh, that's so just felt, what I ended up building. You felt felt relief like, okay, <sighs> yeah. I can, this is going to be hard, but I can at least yeah. pivot away is from this, Is that. this the exit out? Am I Man. am I done living this kind of crazy life that I'm Man. not that I'm involved in, but not necessarily attracted to yeah. or want anymore? Yeah, you know. So and, this, and this is really... twenty. This is twenty seven ish. Yep. Okay. So you've got you said twenty plus felonies that are over are hanging over your head. Yep. Then what happens? Uh, by the time it's all said and done, I think I landed nine of those felonies. You know, pled down, did whatever, did the court system, uh, did a program. You know, because a lot of the times they'll offer you some support versus the prison time. So, uh, but I maxed out, I think, at like 14 months in the county. So I did 14 months and some programs, got those, you know, hmm. most of those charges taken care of other than now that they're, you know, they're on my record. Get released from jail, still have that job waiting, have convinced my family hmm. that, hey, this program's changed me, I'm good, yeah. I'm ready for something different, but... I don't think that that ever happened. I don't think I ever changed. I sure. did learn a lot, you know, from these programs. I've been to detoxes and psych wards and, you know, all these things. And this is kind of all uh, before I guess I got into trouble that I did some detoxes and some things. You know, I don't. I didn't keep it hidden from everybody the whole time. So, mm-hmm. uh, but after uh, I've manipulated my family again, yeah. I think that I had good intentions. You know, because I wanted to get out and I wanted to do good. And I probably did good for a while, but I didn't really work towards that doing good. Sure. You know, I would drink because that's legal, uh, you know, and I work construction. and uh, But my behaviors haven't changed. I still kind of act and do the same things. I'm still a liar. I still, you know, am a manipulator. I still uh, look for that kind of feel good if things get hard. I just, I really haven't changed. I haven't learned anything. Mm. So. It's only a matter of time before I get, you know, back into the same things again. And that's just what happens for the next, you know, about three, three and a half years in and out of incarceration, causing more trouble, you Mm. know. And uh, and then I ended up finding the other side academy. That that, that happens at 30. So it was kind of a short-lived, at least in and out of the court system uh, and jails and stuff like that. But uh, just pretty much, I mean, it was pure chaos broken uh, relationships, you know, I ended up getting married again, you know, I think that was the second time, you know. Was was she aware trouble. of your, oh, she was troubled too. Yeah, so, okay, the, I, there's been multiple relationships. Sure. The one that I got in trouble with at the age yeah. of 27, that one, yeah. uh, she ended up actually passing away from the drug uh, life, you know, so I move on to the kind of the next one. Yeah. And uh, the one that I was married to just before coming to the Other Side Academy was absolute trouble, absolute mm. trouble. You know, mm. she was... Uh, we were making each other worse and making things, yeah, we were absolutely toxic. Sure. So, and and again, it's another one of those relationships that uh, it's because you have the same things in common. You're doing the same dumb stuff that you're now, you know, you're in love. You know, I think that that wedding actually uh, happened at a drive drive up window in Vegas. (laughs) Yeah. Drive up Elvis wedding. Sure. So that's how special that one was, you know. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot, man. That's, it is. I mean, so this has all happened by the time you're 30. 30. 30 years old. You're, I mean, I guess the older you get, 30 seems so young. <laughs> you yeah. know, the older I get, it's like, man, 30 was nothing. And at the same time, at 30, I thought I knew a lot. And I just, the more the older I get, the more I realize I, I don't know. I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> so so tell me more. At 30, so you, you mentioned the other side academy. You. Well, how, yeah, how did you get introduced to that? So the last time that I get arrested, the charges that I get before uh, coming to the Other Side Academy, they were aggravated assault charges uh, because of, you know, I, my choices with the ex. You know, yeah. she was cheating. There was a fight, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So okay. uh, that after those charges, I did about a year and – a flyer comes through the section, you know, and it's about the other side academy. This is this brand new program. Is this a year? Was the sentence in, a year, or were you in fighting a year? So you're in for a year, but you're fighting a longer sentence. Yep. What was? Do you know what your sentence was? How much longer it was? It should have been closer to ten years. It was a oh five-year minimum. Oh my gosh! 
Yeah. Wow. So you're a year into this. Yeah. You're looking down the barrel of at least five, possibly ten. Yep. Wow. It, it's it should be a minimum of five with past trouble with you know yeah. the uh, they were felony twos, felony ones, some of the worst ones. Yeah. Uh, How does that feel? Like I, I can only imagine like a hopeless feeling. How does that feel looking down five years and think I'm going to be? You know what I mean? Can yeah. you tell tell a little bit about that? Like, how does that feel? Uh, it's scary. Yeah, it's a scary feeling, you know. But in in jail and when you're locked up, you kind of uh, you have to turn it on survival mode, hmm. and uh, so then you just kind of adapt to whatever's going on, and that's exactly what I did. And I found kind of the gang life. The, that's hmm. where I was going to be accepted. Yeah. You know, while I was in there and I'm, while I'm doing my time. And so that's kind of the avenue yeah. that I because I knew I'm going to prison. So I, this is what I'm going to do. And in order for it to be a little bit more comfortable, I'm going to get associated with this gang, with the people that I know, people yeah. I've been dealing with for the past years. And that's what's going to make my stay the most comfortable. Sure. So I'm glad that I didn't end up going. I don't know if I would have ever came out. Hmm. Uh, I but don't you were in. Yeah. What do you mean if you didn't? If I would have gone to the big house, if I would have gone to prison, so the counties one, is a little bit different. So the one year you're at county, yeah, is or, so while you're fighting it, they keep you in county. Yeah, I'm in county the whole time. If when the fight is over, then they'd send you to the state prison. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yep. Okay. Yeah, as soon as you're okay. sentenced, then you go to prison. But while so you're I'm fighting kind of, it, you're incarcerated. Yeah. And but I'm you're just in the Weber it. County Jail. Okay, you know and. Uh, kind of building myself up and getting ready hmm. for prison because it's inevitable. I figured that that's exactly what the judge is going to do. Wow. I'm going to prison, you know, so I'm kind of building myself towards that. Meaning like building relationships in that, you know, you've got to have these guys that, that will have your back when you go to the state prison. Yep. Like you're, you're building your reputation. That yeah. You're I'm not, literally, you're not I'm literally joining a gang, a white oh. supremacist gang. Yeah. You know, that's where I'm accepted because yeah. I'm white. Yeah. You know, it has nothing to do with race or yeah. anything like that because I'm not a racist human being. Yeah. But in there, I'll play one. Sure. You know, I've got to, I've got to you do gotta it protect, to survive. You Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Man. So I'm willing to adopt these beliefs yeah. that aren't true, you know, necessarily. It's for survival. For survival. Wow. Absolutely. So I'm about ready to – that's <sighs> that's just what I'm doing, wow. you know. And I'm glad that it didn't happen because – I don't know if I would have come out the other side. If I would have wow. gone to the big house, if I would have gone to prison, you know, and I would have seeked being accepted by yeah. this gang, I would have probably done even stupider stuff, and it would have just extended the sentence, and, you know, who knows. Could have been a happened. lifelong. Absolutely. So you get this flyer about the other side academy. Yep. And you're – yeah, tell me about that. What, what were your thoughts about it? Uh, so the flyer comes through, and I read it. And the, and the things that kind of catch my attention is it's that it's a two-year program. That's a long program. Uh, that it's uh, all the way in Salt Lake. You know, that doesn't seem like it's that far. It's only 35 miles from Ogden. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of outside of my operating area. It's outside of Ogden. So Salt Lake, that it's two years long. And it's completely free of charge. That's big because I don't have anything anymore. I have nobody that's going to take care of me anymore. I don't have insurance. I haven't had a job for years. You know, I'm just a complete mess. I have nobody to call. And dad's so, not giving you a job anymore. Absolutely He's like, not. I've learned that yeah, this doesn't I've work. fired you four times. I don't think it's going to happen again, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I don't have anybody to call. It has to be free because how else am I going to do it? So those three things catch my attention. Are you looking at it as an opportunity to, to uh, what's the word? fix what's broken or are you looking at it as an opportunity to get out of the prison sentence you know it's, what i mean or is it both or you know what i mean what definitely both what's pushing you more though you know what i mean yeah I, it's definitely both i don't think that i had planned uh an exit just because i knew that i was gonna end up going to prison i'm just like it's gonna it's gonna happen so when i read this flyer i'm thinking oh is there do i have to do this prison do i have oh. to go down this road can i possibly be different can i change can i maybe not be in trouble anymore you know because i think deep down inside all the way even when i was in high school you know i'm looking for a way out i'm joining the military so i can have a way out uh -huh. so i think you know over there your soul is crying for a way out yeah huh. for 15 years 17 years hmm. i'm looking for a way out but still in yeah. you know so like you I don't think, know how to change yep and hmm. so i uh i read that flyer and i think that that it triggered that part of my brain that says hey 
Maybe we can do something different. Maybe you don't have to go to prison. Uh, so then I write the letter because that's what it asked me to do, write a letter uh, and ask for some help. So that's exactly what I did. And at the time, this is a brand new program. Like literally there was no students when I the flyer comes through. This is their first stop is Weber County, Davis County, you know, all these places. So this is a new program. Uh, I write. I get an interview. You know, and he comes down to interview me. This is Dave. Is this by the Dave way. Drocher? Yep. Yeah, he's the director. For those who don't know. Yep. And so Dave comes. An incredible human me. being. Awesome I mean, human. Incredible being. human being. Can be scary the first time you meet him. I bet. You know <laughs> I, I bet. Mean? So then be. I, and so he comes in. He interviews me, and he's very, very direct. Uh-huh. He's very, you know. Um, no nonsense. Just like, don't give me your your BS. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So then I, uh, I, I put on another mask. I put on this role that I'm. Now a victim. I think I'm just telling him stuff that I think he wants to yeah. hear, and that's not what he wanted to hear. So they denied me mm. that interview. We we conducted mm. the interview. He says, "All right, I'll let you know." They sent me a letter of denial. Mm. You know, good luck with your life. And that's kind of a the way that it is. Is this is a last chance kind of thing? Look for another program. You know, and so I didn't accept that. Being the arrogant jerk that I was, I was just like you. You can't tell in one little interview whether I want this or not. So I start writing letters again, and that's how I'm framing these letters. I'm blaming him, and I'm, you know, telling him that he, you don't know me. And now you, know. you look back, and you're like, that was the exact wrong thing to do. <laughs> yeah, now looking back, <laughs> yeah, now but I didn't know give who up. He is, yeah. That's the one piece that he uh. caught on to is I didn't give up. And then my letters kind of changed. You know, he left me in there for five months, didn't even respond to me, didn't do anything. I just kept writing sometimes once a week, twice a week. And then it just kind of went down to once a month, you know. And he finally came back to see me uh, because my letters had kind of changed the way that they were written. I started to show a little bit more humility. You know, I started to, uh, I guess, ex- accept who I I don't know, just became more honest, more truthful, you know, uh-huh. in the way that I composed my letters. Uh-huh. So. So he's reading these. You don't know he's reading them. I have no idea. Oh, you know they're going to the trash every time. But yep. you're still like, I got to get this. I got to get this done. I'm even asking my family, hey, will you guys reach out to the other side of the academy and see what the hell's going on? And they're like, no, we're not going to sit there they're and done. bug these guys. They did the very first time and said, hey, yeah. he's interested, you know, but that's not how the academy works. Right. The help has to be asked and, you know, you hmm. have to want it, not your family. Yeah. You know, how many times has our family wanted us to, to do something that we didn't want to do? So hmm. nothing's going to work unless I want to do it. Hmm. Uh, so he comes back to see me five months later, and uh, but not to re-interview me. It's to tell me to leave him alone, more or less, you know, to just mm. stop. You're not a, a good candidate. But during that conversation, I was a completely different human than I was the first interview. You know, I think that I'd accepted, you know, who I was. I think I'd accepted some fault that this is, you know, the, uh, I'm the reason that I'm in this trouble. I'm the reason that I'm here, kind of, you know. Mm. And uh, so we had a more truthful, kind of honest conversation uh, where I wasn't a victim of the system. I wasn't, you know, that I was mm. I was my problem and that I wanted to do something different about it. So uh, he finally, you know, sent me a letter of acceptance. Wow. And I got, uh, luckily, you know, it took a little bit of convincing to the judge because he was like, I don't think this is a good idea. We don't even know who the other side academy is. This is a new program. Wow. But there was an advocate there to fight and explain the academy because I can only explain it the best that I can. You know, I don't even know yet, but they were there to, you know, kind of fight for me and say, hey, judge, let's give this guy a chance. And, From the other side? Yep. Was that was that Dave? It was Alan on that Alan. One. Yep. I met Alan too before yep. he, he moved on. And he came and he at least explained it to the judge because they didn't have a clue what it was. Yeah. And he says, so this is what I'll do for you, Matthew. I'm going to sentence you to prison. You have a five-year minimum. It could be longer. It just really depends on the Board of Pardons at that point. So I'm going to sentence you to prison for five years with a stay to the Other Side Academy, which means that if you fail the Other Side Academy or you leave, you just go straight to prison. You're not going to come back in front of me, and we're going to figure out what to do with you. It's just you're just going to go straight down there, and you're going to do your time. That's it. And I agreed, you know. Wow. And they let me out, and I went to the Other Side Academy. So you get into the Other Side Academy, and you're like – I got to make this work. Yeah. Simple math. Do I do two years at the academy in hopes that things are going to be better for me in life? That's motivating, right? Yeah. (laughs) Simple math. (laughs) Might not have been very good at math or liked it, but uh, at least I could do it, you know. Do Uh. I do five years plus in in prison with no support, or do I come to the other side academy and hopefully be a different human being? Yeah. So both of those things were definitely motivators, wanting to do something different, not knowing how, and, you know, wanting to stay out of the big house. Wow. So, 
So you get into the other side of academy. How does that go? Well, naturally, you don't change right when you get there. Sure. You know, you're, you're expected yeah. to kind of make mistakes. And so I, when I went to the other side of academy, I was still that same person. I was still sneaky. I was still, you know, but there's really strict rules there. So it's not easy to get away with. So you almost have to turn it up all the way and be manipulative, you know. But at this time, you've got, what, 10 students there? I mean, if it's brand new. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like. I think there was 24. Five at the 25. Because now, I mean, 120. 120, and that's just in the Salt Lake location. You've also got the Denver location it's as got well. Another 70. It's amazing. Yeah. So you're right at the, right at the beginning. Wow. Yeah, right at the beginning. Nobody has graduated to that kind of next level. Uh-huh. We only have, uh, you know, we're renting moving trucks. Yeah. You know, now we have 12 in our fleet and, you know, many more vehicles, another 50 vehicles to get people around. So it, it's grown quite a bit since I first uh, got there. Which, for those that don't know, your self-funded organization through your business arms, and, and yep. one of those is a moving company, which is incredible, putting a plug in there right there. I mean, yep. our family's used them multiple times, and yep. it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible how hard you guys work, and anyway. Yeah, we like to we like to tease about the moving company and say, you know what, we've already got experience taking things out of your house, and then now <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. learn to put them back. So we, we're, we're definitely experienced. Yeah. But uh, so so you get into the other side of academy. You're kind of up to your old tricks, but you have to you have to up your game. This yeah, duplicitous I, I nature, so. you got up your game even I, more. I, yes, I think that you know, like I said, intentions. You know, yeah. I've got uh, every intent to do well, uh-huh. but I'm still that person. Sure. You know, and if this yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm gonna lie or hide from it or something because yeah. that's what I've always done or run from it. Yeah. So that part of me, I'm still huh. I'm still that person. You know, but at the same time, I have every intention of kind of doing good. So you kind of mix the two for a while. But yeah. good thing about the academy is those things definitely pop up. You yeah. know, as you're kind of bumping your head, you know, you've got your peers, you've got the staff, you've got everybody that is noticing you bouncing all over the place, and they help you through that. Yeah. And because uh, they know they they've experienced they they've gone through the same thing. They've done they the know exact what you're going same through. things. They notice all yeah. of the signs. You know, mm-hmm. I can't BS these guys because they're yeah, the they they're it. the BSers. They know it. So yeah. it doesn't uh, hmm. uh, it doesn't last long. But that's the beauty of the program. I expect yeah. people to come to the program and bump their head. Sure. And as they're bumping their head, all we want you to do is stay while we adjust those things. Huh. So I naturally Amazing. I bumped my head while I was there. Yeah. I got yeah. into trouble. The way that we handle trouble at the other side academy is you lose your free time. Yeah. You know, and uh, I got myself into enough trouble where I lost my free time for weeks and yeah. weeks, you know. So uh, those tools that we use at the academy help kind of redirect yeah. people and get back on track because everybody wants their free time. You want to yeah. play ping pong or watch TV, right? Yeah. So uh, I, you know, throughout my couple of years, get on track. Yeah. You know, and yeah. during that couple of years, uh, I realized that I went from completely hopeless that feeling of going to prison for five years and having to join a gang so i can survive and that kind of ugly negative you know sphere that's around me you know hopeless to what i was feeling now and Mm. realizing that i've got the power to like Mm. control my life and this is awesome so at the end of that two years it's like okay it's time to decide what you want to do you want to move on or would you you want to stick around so i volunteered for an additional year and uh, we, we, we kind of push that towards people because it's a good idea to get the most practice. Sure. Right? You're not going to become an NBA all-star overnight. You need a lot of practice. So Especially overcome a, a lifetime of bad absolutely. habits. you got to create these new habits. Absolutely. I mean, it took me, what, 17 years to become a complete dirtbag? It's going to take a long time to become something yeah. else, right? So tell so, me more. Sorry, but tell me more about that feeling of uh, you said something like I have con- – like I'm – Control. I can't remember what you said. In something. control. I'm in control. Yeah. I feel like I have some control over my destiny. Do you feel like that was like the first time in your adulthood that you felt like, hey, wait a sec, I I can do this, or you know what I mean? What? Tell me yes. more about that. What does I, that, what I does that think, mean? I think that is definitely the first time that I felt that. Hmm. Uh, I think before. And you're 35 at this time. How how old are you? No, so early, I would, I would be 30, 30, 32, 33. Okay. Yeah, because I'm just barely, you know, yeah. getting towards the end of the two years yeah. of the program. Okay. So almost 33, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, that is the first time that I had kind of felt like that. Because during that time from when I get out of the military to when I end up at the academy, that 10 years, my mm-hmm. 20s. You know, yeah. during my 20s, I uh, had been in and out of treatment programs. I had been to psychiatric things you know i've taken medications for bipolar anxiety depression all of these things trying to kind of 
course correct me into a different direction, you know, to get me away from the addiction. Maybe I've got chemical imbalances and I've got to, uh, you know, I've got to take this medicine to balance back out. Nobody knows mm -hmm. how to help me, you know, so we go to the, the doctors to try to do it with medication. And um, so that I'm not really in control of my life then. Yeah. You know, and uh, I almost felt disabled. That's really bad to say because I think that some people still kind of believe that, and I absolutely don't anymore. Hmm. But uh, so I don't feel in control of my life. I feel like I've got a, hmm. you know, that I'm I'm broken, and hmm. that makes me a victim. And I don't grow from that. I just kind of plateau at a certain level and take these medications for the rest of my life. And wow. I didn't. Uh, so yes, it does make me feel like I'm in control. Hmm. I can control anxieties. I can control depressions. I can control all of these things now that I've learned how to, hmm. you know, so that's how I felt at the end of the two years. So you, you opt for another year, opt for another year. Uh -huh. uh, and what they tell me with that third year is, you know, buy yourself some insurance. That's what that year is going to do. Cause you get more practice. Yeah. You know, you don't ever want to go back to being that person. So let's ensure that you don't. Hmm. So I get that, but I also get to help other people get to that next level to go from feeling hopeless like I did to, hmm. you know, to feeling like I feel now and letting them know like, Hey, there is a way do it the way that I did it because you know, I was, I was completely broken. You know what that but feels like? Fixed. I was in your shoes. I know what you, and I could show you. So is the, uh, just as a technical aspect of it, it was your prison sentence. Once you graduate at two years, is your prison sentence gone? Gone. So it's gone. Gone gone yeah wow. it, it is gone once i complete wow. probation which i did early got like it's like a good time yeah. thing you know what i mean yeah which means i was completing right around that two yeah. years rather than three which is the initial kind of i guess uh probationary mm -hmm. period uh, i graduate early from probation i no longer have this prison sentence hanging over my head wow and uh yeah that's kind of all gone away first time being off probation in many years you know wow. so so you stand for another year Stay on for another year, uh, continue to help people kind of get yeah. to where I'm at. And yeah. during that year, they offer an internship. Uh, and you have to apply for this internship and you have to interview for this internship if you would like to work at the Other Side Academy and continue to help people. As staff. As, as like staff. a paid employee. Paid employee. To, to help the mission. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And continue to do it. So this is the yeah. first time that they're offering internships. You know, anybody who works at the Other Side Academy staff-wise, which was only – you know, four people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're all from Delancey street, a yeah. similar program. You know, nobody mm -hmm. has been grown up from the house and has worked for the other side Academy. So we're kind of the first ones. And, um, in fact, during that interview, I wore my Utah woolen mill suit. You did? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. So I had, I, I wore that suit. I first filled out an application uh -huh. for this internship yeah. and then I wore that suit uh -huh. and I had a set time, you know, yeah. it was all, you yeah, know, it's, it's even, legit. It's a absolutely. professional and it was like mm. all four of the staff members were there, and they interviewed me, and I'm in my suit. I'm feeling really good. Yeah. And uh, uh, I do it, and I do the internship. They uh, they give me the internship, and I do that for an additional year. So, so how uh, you know this is a little bit of a how did you feel like putting on your suit to go for that interview? Did that have an effect on how you felt about yourself, and and how like how does that you know that's what we do for a living. Yeah. But I, I think it's hard to, for somebody who maybe hasn't experienced that, like what is that, is there a power to that, to how you act and how you feel about yourself? And I think there's a huge power to it. And still to this day, when I put on a really nice, you know, tailored fit suit, this is mm -hmm. my suit only yeah. for me. You know what I mean? You feel uh, accomplished. You feel... Uh, very confident you feel yeah. you know it's an absolutely amazing feeling you're always you know you're checking yourself you mm -hmm. feel good yeah. because for many many years you were not good and uh. you felt horrible about yourself no matter what your threads looked like you were never mm. you know you were never uh, a good human being so you never had that feeling but now mm. you're a good human being you're dressed mm. to how you feel and it's an absolutely amazing mm. feeling and still to this day when I put on a suit that's tailored to me, it feels that good. And I don't do it very often anymore, yeah. but I still get that same. When the occasion arises. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think it's, I think that's what's what I love about, especially our partnership with the other side Academy is all the work that you do to, to better your inside, your, who you are, you know what I mean? And like, that's the work. That's the miracle 
of transformation. You know what I mean? And then just being able to put a suit of cherry on the top, right? Yeah. To have something well, that and now you look as good as you feel yeah. inside. Exactly. You know, you spend many years yeah. trying to be good and not look good because that's yeah. not important yet. You know, yeah. and uh, just be a good human being. Yeah. Once you get that feeling. Yeah. And then you get to put the cherry on top yeah. and look as good as you feel. It's amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely. So you interview, you get the, the internship. Yep. Do the internship for an additional year. So the internship takes you another year. And then is there a promise like, or is there an expectation if you, if you ace this internship, there could be a potential employment opportunity for you? Or is the internship a paid? Is it? No, nope, internship wasn't paid. Okay. Uh, and You're there still is... proving yourself, right? Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But now you're in like it's staff in training. So now you're doing sure. different things. Can you actually be a staff member there? Interesting. And uh, do the internships not paid? Uh, lasts a year, and there's not. Yes, if you pass the internship, there's there's a job. But yeah. Not everybody's gonna make it. Sure. So. Uh, but I ended up. I made it. That's I amazing. Made it through the year. They uh, they hired me on, and you know it's just been, uh, it's been awesome. Ever mm. since, you know, since then, you know, the things have changed a little bit, uh, but we have quite a few staff members now. Uh, there was yeah. only, I want to say, five or six of us in the very beginning. How Do you know how many there are now that are? 20. Wow. 20 staff members. That's amazing. Yep, Just 20. speaks to the growth and the sustainability of what you guys are doing. I mean, to uh, fully sustainable. I yep. mean... To continue growing and to continue drastically affecting our our society in a way that our current uh, reform process can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just think it's – yeah, I, it's just – it's amazing. It's amazing. So you've you've been on staff now for how many years? Let's see, 82. So you're – did you say you are born in 82? I was born in 84. 84. Yeah. So you're – and then I got to the other side academy okay. in uh, 2016, in March uh -huh. of 2016. Okay. So I did almost four years with as a student, and then mm -hmm. I've been there for four years as now as a staff member. So, yeah. it's uh, it it's neat to see that some of the newer staff members there that I think some of our newest ones have worked there for about a year, but I raised them through the house. Huh. You know, us we, yeah. we call them. There's like senior staff and managers. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, we raised the current staff members through the house. We were Incredible. there, you know, tribe when they came and in. barbers, and we were directly <laughs> over them and helped guide them and to see all of that kind of come to fruition. And now they're staff members, and they're raising people in the house, and they're watching the people that they raise in the house be successful and stuff. It's such a neat thing to see. Good for you, man. Such a neat thing to see. So no. what, what are your responsibilities at the other side academy now? So – in order for us to be self-sufficient, we have to have these businesses. We've yeah. got a moving company, yep. which is a number one rated moving yeah. company Incredible. in the entire state of Utah. Incredible. And it's maintained that position yeah. for the last five years. I'm yeah. bragging a little bit here. It's okay. But, you know, it, it's really you neat should. to see it's that, amazing. you know, uh, these ex-convicts are running these businesses like this. So, yeah. uh, you know, multi-million dollar moving company. We've also got thrift stores. There's two of them. Mm -hmm. There's one in Mill Creek. There's one in Murray. Yep. Both of those thrift stores have won best in class. So they're now the best thrift stores in the city, in the state, you know, for what they are. If you were to walk into one of those blindfolded, you would... Take your blindfold off, you would think that you were in a Nordstrom's or something. You know, they're that Love nice. Uh, they smell nice. Uh -huh. Great customer service. So yeah. they're not like, you know, typical thrift stores. Yeah. Uh, but we've also got a construction company uh -huh. called The Other Side Builders. Okay. Uh, Jordan Holdaway kind of, yep. you know, runs that whole operation. Uh -huh. You've met Jordan yeah. before. Yeah. He uh, is now, uh, he's got a contractor's license. He got that through the academy. Mm. He runs a team. They do a lot of flat work and a lot of remodeling. They do mm. some commercial stuff. But mostly they take care of our properties. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, getting to be. Substantial. Yeah. Very yeah. substantial. And uh, the storage business. So what yeah. we've done is during, you know, our years of being a moving company, we've uh, been asked a lot about storage. And mm -hmm. we would refer it out to places that we yeah. liked. You know, yeah, go here, go here. This is good storage. And it's just like, why don't we have our own storage? Yeah. So we, uh, I, I was tasked about two years ago with making a storage component to our moving company. Man. So, and another one, it's a great feeling right there. You know, I, I had helped manage the the uh, moving company for a long time. I had helped build the automotive department and other departments. You know, I was part of the growth of the Other Side Academy. Yeah. But for 
you know, you've got Tim and Dave and Joseph, you know, the big wigs here at the yeah. other side Academy to just say, Hey, we need a storage component. Here's a building, make it happen. And it was just that nothing after that. What it, it was it's literally on you. every single bit of it. So I, I <laughs> take awesome. me a group of guys. I take the uh-huh. construction. We built a business. Wow. You know, wow. and we travel to other places to see how they're running storage and yeah. how, how do we do this? And we learn and the Academy sends me to these places and it was, uh, what a cool experience. Wow. And you know, here we are two years later, the storage business is full. I mean, our storage is full. It's, uh, we make adjustments here and there to see what makes the most yeah. sense, uh, for our students and monetarily, you know, and it's just a, it's a successful business. So now it's the other Crazy. side moving in storage. Crazy, man. So pretty neat. So crazy. Pretty neat. So uh, relationship now with family. How is it with your mom and your dad and your siblings? I mean, have you able? To, have you been able to reconstruct those? I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of hurt, I imagine. Yes. That's, how how has that been for you? Uh, good, but slow. But slow. You know, I think that they were all accepting of what's going on, but they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. So they're also, you know, a little leery. I'm sure. I'm sure. uh, But, you know, they were all accepting. Uh, Funny thing is, is like, you know, my my little brother, I think, was the the slowest. I don't want to say the slowest, but he definitely took his time. You know, he's my little brother. I think he looked up to me and I kind of crapped all over that. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, six six years into this whole process and I'm just hanging out at the family's house and he lets me have it. I mean, just, you know, he's tells still, me he's, how he's, he feels. He's still trying to figure this out. And it was awesome. You know, and huh. the thing is, is he, he was just like, you know, we kind of accept you back into the family, but you never really apologize for all of these things, all of this hurt. And yeah. the way that we kind of do it at the other side Academy is how many times have I said, sorry, but never delivered. I never changed anything. Mm. So they didn't mean much coming out of my mm. mouth. So, so it's my, about change. Exactly. My apologies now to my family would be consistency, uh, not mm. going back. You know, I have to prove it in my actions. Wow. So, uh, Man, but he so wanted it. There. He really wanted a verbal apology before he could almost like move yeah. on in his head. And, and because I had learned not to give those anymore, it was just kind of this thing. So mm. we had a great conversation and, you know, I definitely apologize because he had one of those coming. But yeah. then I've also apologized with my actions, actions too. And we have an amazing relationship now. Good for – man, that's – Cool story. so amazing. <laughs> it's neat. I but, just the, – the amount of just redemption and, and to see, you know, see who you are now, just see the light in your eyes, excitement about what you're building. And, you know, you've, you've gone from building things that maybe weren't constructive – uh, businesses yeah. to building a very constructive business and, uh, and saving lives while you're at it. I just think it's incredible, incredible stuff, man. It, it, it's nice to have gone through it. It's nice to, to be where I'm at because now I get to help somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the biggest and most rewarding part of my job, you know, is taking my feel good, what I feel like now and kind of imparting that on other people and trying to coach them through their battles, you know, as they want to leave the other side Academy because it's too hard or, you know, because it's not comfortable because of, you know, whatever's pulling them out, you know, I get to use my experience going through the Academy and my past experience to kind of help them with that. Hmm. So, so, uh, to close out here, a couple questions I have for you is like, what, uh, what do you tell somebody who's in your spot 10 years ago or 15 years ago? You know what I mean? Starting down this road. I mean, cause I doubt there was something you could have heard at that time, right. That could have really changed, but I don't know. Like, what would you tell somebody that's down that road? And then what do you tell somebody? What, what would you want to tell yourself as an 11 year old? I mean that like that, that, or, you know, what do you tell somebody that, that hasn't gone down this road and how, you know what I mean? What, what, what are the takeaways that you can give to people who listen to this? Um, uh, I try to, uh, you know, cause I've had to have some of these conversations, you know, and uh, just to, to tell people kind of the de- destructive, you know, when you first start kind of living that lifestyle and you're kind of experimenting with these things, you kind of feel like you're just doing it's It's my life. I can do it for me, and it's just mm-hmm. affecting mm-hmm. me, you know. So I, I like to tell people, like, there's a, a massive ripple effect to your actions, whether they're good or bad, mm-hmm. you know. So what you're doing 
is hurting other people whether you think that it is or not. Interesting. And uh, and it never – it's really hard to get, you know, a kid to pull away from some of those curiosities. There's not like this one powerful thing that you can say. Sure. Uh, sure. I just try to, you know, inform people of what it led f- – you know what what had happened to me and yeah. you know what what was my experience in kind of you know living this life you know i tell kids to, to listen to their parents you know and yeah. uh i hope that kind of answers the that answers the, both actually the questions me. yeah i mean it's uh, it, in fact that's a really impactful thing for me just to think about where you're saying that you know yeah i think you can get in that spot where you think well this is my life and this is what i want to do and i'm affecting me only and i'm affecting me only but like you said positive or negative your actions have ripple effects on i think that's a that's a tremendous takeaway that i mean i'd like my kids to hear you know that you know your actions do matter and your actions even though you think they're your own they, they affect people absolutely wow um dude thank you so much thank you so much for sharing your story uh for the vulnerability and and i just i if anybody's listening to this and I know people will. Um, there's so much to be learned from you, from your experiences, from your strength. And I really admire you. And I'm really grateful that you'd come and, and share. Well, thank you for for having me. I, I feel like I'm paying my debt. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? I've <laughs> yeah. done so much wrong for so uh, long that I just want to try to, to, to help people. And if you know what, if, if telling my my story and my experience and, you know, what I've kind of learned over the years is going to help somebody else and kind of pay that debt. Yeah. Then uh, I absolutely, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. I guess, why I work at the Other Side Academy. And, you know, I've got to right my wrongs. I've got to balance the scales. I've got to, you know, and that's what that's what feels good to me. I'm paying my, my debt. Wow. So. Man. So, going. I mean, closing out, uh, well, your, your actions have a ripple effect, right? And your actions today... Are going to have a massive ripple effect, and even more amplified because of where you've been, and what you've learned. That ripple effect can really affect somebody's life that could very well avert what you've been through. So, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for taking your time to be with us. Thanks.